Ronan Martin is up next. Fighting North Carolina voter suppression, intimidation, and Brianna Taylor's update. Today's Friday, October 30th, 2020, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered. In North Carolina, a hotline has been set up to deal with voter issues like intimidation and suppression. In Texas, more than 9 million ballots have been cast as of this morning. That's far more than who voted in 2016. HBCU heroes to prevent a repeat of 2016's drop in student voter turnout. We'll talk with Carmen Jackson, one of the founders. In Mississippi, black Hispanic voters have been moved to a crowded precinct with very little warning. An officer involved in the death of Brianna Taylor is suing her boyfriend. We'll give you those details. And Devon Franklin will join us to talk about Black Hollywood's efforts to get out the vote. It's time to bring the funk on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. in North Carolina, along with the Southern Coalition for Social Justice and Forward Justice, are available to voters on a voter hotline to answer questions about absentee ballots and voter suppression, as well as intimidation. The nonpartisan voter hotline continues to break records, answering nearly 4,000 calls in just the first week of in-person early voting. And by October 22nd, calls will receive, more calls will receive this is an early voting in Election Day 2016. Joining me now is Tomas Lopez, the Executive Director. Actually, I'm going to look at them a bit. I'm going to talk with Tomas Lopez, the Executive Director of Democracy in North Carolina. Folks, we're just, of course, four days away from Election Day. This is the final weekend of early voting in many places. And, of course, on November 3rd, we have seen record turnout all across the country. We have seen folks turning out uh, in significant uh, numbers uh, in Florida, in Texas, in North Carolina, in so many different states. But we're also seeing Republican efforts to actually try to stop folks from voting. We have seen them use the courts to change the rules. So, for instance, when Minnesota last night, uh, the, 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 the judges decided that they could not accept ballots after 8 p.m. November 3rd, even though three months ago, three months ago in Minnesota, they decided how long they were going to accept, accept ballots. This is what is happening, y'all. There's a concerted effort by Republicans working with state attorney generals to use the courts to stop the counting of ballots past Tuesday. I'm going to break down more of that with our panel, but joining me right now is Thomas Lopez. Thomas Lopez, of course, with Democracy North Carolina. So give us a sense of what's been happening in that state as well, because, again, we, we are seeing, we're seeing the courts used for voter suppression across the country. What's been happening in North Carolina? Good to be on with you, Roland. Thank you for having me. I can report, I think we've, from here in North Carolina, that we've actually had some positive developments in our courts. Number one, our federal courts have upheld uh, the ability for voters who have issues with their absentee ballots, a process for them to correct those issues without having to cast a new ballot. 
All right, thank you. Uh, folks, you also see there uh, in the crawl uh, on the show here, you see where it says, having trouble voting, call 1-866-OUR-VOTE. Uh, we've been running that for the past week. Uh, we thank the Laura's Committee for Civil Rights and the Law, all the work that they have been doing. Let's bring in my panel, Michael Brown, former vice chair, DNC Finance Committee, Michael Imhotep, host of the African History Network, Dr. Julian Malvo, economist and president emerita at Bennett College. Um, it's, uh, I want to start with you, uh, Michael Brown. Um, where we sit today uh, is far different than where we sat four years ago. Hillary Clinton's campaign was uh, going crazy, trying to drop as much money as they can in black media uh, because they saw what, what numbers were looking at because they, did, because they ignored uh, others who was telling them uh, three, four months earlier where to invest. Uh, there was a, uh, you have the Biden campaign tomorrow. Uh, they're going to be going to Michigan. Uh, Joe Biden will be there with uh, President Barack Obama. Stevie Wonder will be there as well. They're hitting two states tomorrow as well. You look at the polling data here, uh, it has been remaining very consistent, significant turnout. And history has always said that when you have a much larger turnout, that benefits Democrats more than Republicans. Give us a sense from your perspective, the state of the race as we sit four days away. Well, I think the certainly if you're um, you know, a Democrat like I am, you're you know you're pleased about these polls, but you're also uh, should not get overexcited about these polls either. We all know uh, that the race is going to tighten or is tightening as we speak. Uh, there's certainly a lot of Trump voters that saw the wave of, of Democratic voters coming out in early voting in states, uh, and now they're coming out. Uh, so we have to wait and see. Certainly, what happens? I think it's great. You're right that the larger turnout is usually better for Democrats, not just at the top of the ticket, but going down. I think we'll also see a lot of split ticket voting in this particular race. For Maine, example, you can see a lot of folks not voting for President Trump, but voting for Senator Collins or in reverse. So there are a lot of split tickets that could happen, whether that's a, a big number or a small number. Again, we'll have to wait and see. We know the states that matter the most. Um, Florida, uh, the president cannot win without Florida. Uh, same with Pennsylvania. It's going to be very difficult for Biden. Uh, he, though it, he has several pathways to 270 electoral votes uh, without Florida, um, even without Pennsylvania. But it's certainly, since that's its home state, it would be better if he won Pennsylvania. Uh, certainly the, the blue wall in the Midwest is certainly somewhere where uh, Hillary Clinton neglected, as you kind of mentioned in your in your opening. And hope, and obviously, the vice president is not taking that for granted, as you can see what they're doing this weekend. So uh, everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. Get out the voters is going to be extremely important. Uh, folks have to be patient if you haven't early voted. It's now too late to mail your ballot. So if you're still thinking, oh, I can just put my ballot in the mailbox, I wouldn't trust that. It's too late for that. You can certainly do a drop-off at an authorized drop-off uh, box, or you can still vote early in a lot of jurisdictions around the country. And then, of course, you still have Tuesday, November 3rd, wear a mask and just be prepared to stand in line. So uh, we're feeling pretty good about where we are, not just at the top of the ticket, but also the United States Senate as well. Um, let's. Uh, I, want, I want to show you this here, uh, Julian. Uh, this young brother, uh, Keon McGee, he is the uh, leader of the Democratic House leader in Florida. Uh, he posted this tweet here, um, raw, let me put, raw footage of mailroom in post office here in Miami-Dade. 
Source revealed, quote, mail-in ballots are within these piled up in bins on the floor. Mail has been sitting for over a week. Uh, per source, both postmaster and postal inspector are aware of this issue at the Princeton Post Office. Postmaster is taking photos and videos of the matter and expects sorting to take them past Tuesday. Uh, um, this is the actual uh, video here. Um, uh, and so the people who have mailed in ballots, the concern there is whether or not those ballots are actually going uh, to get counted. This was what people, what Democrats were fighting against the postmaster um, uh, last month because they feared that he was o issuing directives to do exactly this so ballots would not be getting there in time. And so they get, so they use the courts to say, hey, not received by 8 p.m. on Tuesday, that can't be used. This is part of the strategy. This is the part of Republican voter suppression. Let me tell you, uh, my postman is a brother who uh, we've talked to a number of times. He told me that they're about 20% down in terms of workers. And um, he's like, I will tell anybody to put their ballot in the mail. Meanwhile, on social media, I got my ballot on October 5th. I said, I'm going to mail this. Somebody tracked me down, which isn't that hard, but tracked me down and said, take it to the Dropbox, which I did. This is, many people are putting their ballots in the mail. If they get there, it's not clear that they're going to get to the place where they need to be. This is a crisis. And it's a crisis that's been engineered by Mr. Joy, uh, 45's uh, selected uh, slowdown dude who has decided that he does not want to um, basically shore up the post office. So what's happened is some people are leaving because they had some layoffs. Some are leaving because um, they either have COVID or are exposed to COVID or have people in their household exposed to COVID. And then you have women um, and African-American women do work at the post office and you have women who are trying to take care of their kids and trying to do their work. This, this has been rigged. The word is rigged to uh, basically disfavor uh, the least of the left out. Well, Michael, the thing here is this here. Donald Trump and his, and his imps <laughs> yes. They they saw exactly what was happening. Donald Trump did not get more than fifty percent of the vote in twenty sixteen. Right. He is not he's never gone above fifty percent approval rating during his entire presidency. He right. knows he cannot get to fifty percent. So what he is trying to do is to keep the threshold below fifty mm -hmm. so he can be able to try to steal the election. That's the strategy. It's perfectly clear. To, and, and they're using the courts because these Trump appointees are ruling against these states. That's what's also going on. Well, see, once again, Republicans are playing the long game, Roland, and we have to understand this. Uh, politics is the legal distribution that scarce wealth, palm resources, and the writing of law, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. We don't understand the judicial branch of the government. They're using the federal courts. And then they ran through, look, look, look how devious, not just Trump, but Moscow Mitch McConnell, who, who needs to be voted out of office this election. They ran through Amy Coney Barrett, 
okay, through the uh, through the Senate, got her approved, and then the very next day announced that the Senate was on recess until November 9th without passing a coronavirus bill, coming to an agreement with Democrats in the House and Democrats in the Senate to pass a coronavirus bill to bail out the American people, bail out small businesses, bail out small African-American-owned businesses. They sent it on recess. So we have to understand the, the, the judicial branch and how this works as well, and all this is tied to who you vote for. We also have to understand how the Electoral College works because a lot of our people are running around confused and think that the popular vote does not matter. The popular vote does matter, but it's the popular vote per state that matters. That's what determines who gets the Electoral College votes associated with your state, not the national popular vote, because as you have, as you have said before, Roland, there really is no national election you have 50 individual state elections brother so once again we have to understand this man because our, our numbers are there not just african americans but people who want to vote trump out of office and and people who understand that uh, uh racial justice on, is on the ballot a living wage is on the ballot but we have to understand the law and how this works well the the, the issue really here is 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 again Recognizing what they're doing. And let me just go ahead. Yes. Stop listening to some of these damn rappers out here. Don't the hell they talking about. KRS-One was, I mean, was talking about that crap. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? First of all, he kept calling the Electoral College. It's the Electoral. Exactly. Okay, so he's, he's, he's pronouncing <laughs> it wrong. But again, this is where, this is where I need our people to stop listening to people who don't know what the hell they're talking about, who, mm -hmm. who, who and where the facts are all wrong. You know, and, and that's the problem here. Uh, and, and so we're dealing with that. Now, I do, I do look at, again, uh, the level of intensity that's out here. We talked about this with Better O'Rourke. We had him on the show last week in Texas. More than 9 million ballots have been cast as of this morning, exceeding its 8.9 plus million votes four years ago. That means, folks, more people, more people have voted already in Texas than who voted four years ago. And we still have another day of early voting in Texas, and then on Tuesday. Now, according to the Associated Press, the tally of Texas, Texas early voting data, Texas is the first state to hit the milestone of exceeding its 2016 turnout. This year's numbers were aided by Democratic activists challenging in court uh, and winning the right to extend early voting by one week during the coronavirus pandemic. Now, Texas was supposed to start early voting October 19th. They went to court and it started October 13th. That's what happened uh, there in Texas. Now, all of this is important because we have to understand the power of our vote and, and how we use it and where it comes from. And so we're seeing a level of turnout. Uh, this also, as we talked about on this show yesterday and all week in the last several months, why local elections also matter, who you put in office and what those folks are doing. All of those things absolutely matter, folks. When it comes to voting, I think we also, as we begin to examine, uh, at, at, you know, at this latest juncture, uh, it's all right now, Michael, it's all about, again, trying to drive your people, trying to drive your people. That's where we are right now. Uh, the rally is going to be taking place over the weekend. Uh, Senator Kamala Harris today was in Texas. She actually returns to Georgia on Sunday. That gives you a sense that gives you a sense of exactly where we stand uh, in this election, the fact that, that the Democratic VP nominee would be in Texas and Georgia with four days left in the election. That shows you 
that they have a shot at picking off those two historically, well, in the last 20 years, red states. And that's great to see that, um, that, that Georgia and Texas are in play. And now that you've focused on Texas, Roland, you're exactly right. It's, it's interesting, Texas, the only way they can deal, and you mentioned obviously this earlier in, in, the, in the segment, is how to suppress the vote. What happened in Harris County uh, last week was a disgrace. The fact that the Texas Supreme Court says it's okay to have just one drop box in Harris County. Harris County is larger than many states in our country. Well, in fact, and, but, and in fact, the Texas Supreme Court was not meeting in person because of COVID. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that is, and it, it, it's actually a, obviously a disgrace. People have to drive whatever it is. Some folks have to drive two hours. I talked to uh, some folks in Houston the other day, uh, and they're trying to figure out either how to get there or they're just going to have to stand in line, um, do early voting. And so it's just, it's just too bad that suppression is just this out in your face. And until, and Roland, you and I have talked about this before, until we have a national, not state, national regulations on voting that are uniform, then county, local county clerks, local judges can determine what voter suppression looks like. We have to have a national reckoning and a national regulation for what voting should look like in this country, including a national holiday on election day. But that's down the road. We'll figure out how to do that when President Biden is in, in office, and we'll figure that out then. Well, Julian, that's, I mean, like I asked, I talked to Senator Chuck Schumer about that yesterday. And I'm telling you, if the Democrats get control of the United States Senate, they will control the House. The first bill should be a massive voter protection act that includes really putting the teeth in, getting rid of that sunset provision for the Voting Rights Act, and making it permanent. That's what should happen. It absolutely should. I mean, Congresswoman Marsha Fudge said at the beginning of the last um, congressional session, that's what she wanted to do. People were shilly-shallying around it uh, for any number of reasons, but the bottom line is that we have to ensure people's right to vote. We can't do states' rights, but as Michael was talking, what occurred to me is that the, the, the challenge and the tension has been around states' rights versus national rights. I mean, whatever happened to the notion of a nation, we have to make sure that whether you're in Mississippi or Maine, you have the opportunity to vote. Now, we have a number of issues beneath that. Do we still need an electoral college? Um, but the fact is that if you go from state to state, you see this, these shenanigans, which reflect the Jim Crow era, where, as in Florida, Roland, you were just there. You know, you have to pay your fines before you can vote. This is like a poll tax. Um, it, it slaps us in the face, especially when we go to other countries and tell them what they need to do that we don't even do here. So we have a dilemma on our hands, but this administration has exacerbated the dilemma, and we're hoping that a new administration will grapple with it.
Uh, Michael, again, I think I think when, when we when we examine what is going on in this country right now, when you look at how desperate Republicans are acting, mm-hmm. look, I, I, I'm not even confusing anything here. Uh, this is why, and, and I've said it. Hashtag fire Trump in no, November. Hashtag fire GOP in November. Right. To look at people who literally want to steal an election, who want to keep folks from voting. None of these people deserve to be in office. And so I don't want to hear the people who say, uh, Roland, you're trying to get us vote Democrat. No, I'm trying to get you to actually vote for people who are not going to screw you, who are not going to sit here and try to you know, run rush out over you. And that's what they're doing. It's abundantly clear. That's what they're doing. <laughs> Absolutely, Roland. Well, I think what's important to understand, uh, I think what's important for people to understand, especially African-Americans, is to look at whose policies best line up with your interests and your agenda, okay? Not political party, okay? I don't, I don't belong to any political party. Not political party, but whose policies best line up with your agenda, okay? And then who is constantly blocking policies from passing, being passed in the law that will help you? Like who blocked the George Floyd uh, Police and Justice Act? Who block the who's blocking the uh, living wage, uh, raising uh, the federal minimum wage to seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour to fifteen dollars an hour? And it passed the uh, House of Representatives in about July 2019. Who's blocking that in the Senate? OK, who's blocking the um, uh, John Lewis uh, Voting Rights Act? Who's blocking that mm-hmm. after it passes the House? So when we start seeing, well, wait a second, these bills are passing the House of Representatives. Okay, and then they go to the Senate and they die in the Senate or they're being blocked in the Senate, like the anti-lynching law blocked by Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky through unanimous consent. And then uh, the Juneteenth bill, uh, Senator Kamala Harris and Senator Cory Booker tried to get the Juneteenth bill passed in the Senate. That was blocked by Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin using a unanimous consent uh, 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 rule as well. So it's not. Uh, what's important for our people to understand is not about political party. It's about whose policies are going to be most beneficial to us, whose policies are going to do the least amount of harm, who keeps blocking these policies from being passed in the law, and who is trying to take away policies that already exist that are beneficial to you. Okay, so then when you start looking at that, then you can start figuring this, uh, you can start uh, better understanding this. Look, folks, uh, what we are dealing with right now, of course, uh, is a sea change in this country. And what we must begin to understand uh, is that every vote is indeed going to count, every opportunity uh, to get out there. Look, if you are in, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, I was, we were, I was in Michigan on Wednesday. I'm telling you right now, you have got to be crazy and stuck on stupid if you're in Michigan to vote for John James for the United States Senate. I don't care if he's black. I don't care if he's a black man. John James is no Ed Brooke. John James is the kind of black man who is going to be in the pocket of Mitch McConnell. How many times has Senator Tim Scott actually really, really stood up to Mitch McConnell? The camps these judges, man, once or twice. Uh, Michael, when we were there, I saw the billboards. John James, he, he doesn't even want to mention he's a Republican. And... The deal is here. This is what black people have to decide. And this is real simple. You got Senator Gary Peters, who's a Democrat. John James, black man, is a Republican. Peters is white. James is black. It's real simple. Which judges will, will John James vote for? Exactly. Mitch McConnell judges. Will John James vote for voting rights? 
did John James say that Donald Trump, he backs him 2,000%? It's a tight race there in Michigan. It's a tight race there in Minnesota as well. If you're in Alabama, if you're black and in Alabama, don't say your vote doesn't count. You should be voting for Doug Jones over Tommy Tuberville. The same Tommy Tuberville who could not even, who, who gave one of the most unbelievably crackhead-ish answers <laughs> I've ever heard with regards to the Voting Rights Act. In fact, let, let, let me just try to find that video. Uh, Michael, give our folks our perspective uh, on what's happening there in Michigan uh, with John James and black voters uh, while I find this video. Go ahead. Yeah, All right, well, Okay, okay. Uh, so, so with John James was very interesting in uh, a lot of the commercials for John James, he does not mention that he is a Republican. I just saw uh, an interview uh, that that, uh, that my friend Mr. Hood did on uh, uh, on, on TV with uh, John James, and when asked how he was going to help African American owned businesses, he did, he did not give specific answers. He sidestepped the issue. He plays on the fact that hey, I'm here in Detroit. I came back to Detroit to help. I'm a, a business owner here in Detroit. That's that's good. But what's important for, what's important for people to understand when you deal with the U.S. Senate. You're dealing with confirmations of an, of an attorney general. You're dealing with confirmations of a secretary of education, confirmations of U.S. Uh, 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 US Supreme Court, federal judges, but also the cabinet positions, okay? And, and then where does he stand on the George Floyd P- Police and Justice Act, okay? Where does he stand on the uh, Voting Rights Act or ways, raising the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour? These bills that are being blocked in the, in, in the House of Representatives, they're being blocked in the Senate. If there are only 100 senators, so every U.S. senator is extremely important. It doesn't, and to me, it ain't, it's not about race. It's about their ideology. It's about their policies and how will they vote on these critical issues. He, he already, he, not only did he say that uh, he supports Donald Trump 2,000%, okay, which right there is a no-brainer, okay, the, right there that disqualifies him. But he also said, there's another video of him saying that they need to repeal the entire Affordable Health Care Act and repeal this monstrosity. Now, and could not answer how would you replace it. But so, so, they so, don't have nothing to replace right, it they, with. They, they, the they don't. But, but, but I want people to understand what's happening. And, and I've heard black people say, my vote don't matter in Alabama. I want y'all to listen to who these right-wing white Republicans in Alabama are going to likely elect over Doug Jones for United States Senator. This is, this is an answer that Tommy Tuberville, whose resume is that of a football coach. <laughs> a football coach. Right. <laughs> I want y'all to listen. This man could very well be could likely be the next U.S. senator from Alabama. I want y'all to listen to what this man had to say about the Voting Rights Act, which was born out of Alabama. Listen. The thing about the Voting Rights Act is, uh, uh, it's you know, you, 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 there, there's a lot of different things you can look at it as. You know, who's it going to help? Uh, you know, what direction do we need to go with it? I think it's important that that with everything we do, we keep secure 
we keep an eye on it. It's run by our government, and it's run to to the point that we it, it it's got structure to it. It's like education. I mean, it's got to have structure. Uh, now, for some reason, we look at things to change to think we're going to make it better, but we'd better do a lot of work on it before we make that change. That, that, Julianne, what are you drinking? Uh, LaCroix water. Lord, you said, I'm like, you sitting here taking a swig on air. Lord, okay. I said I was on air, but it was just like a little, you know, fizzy fizz. Can y'all, can, can y'all make out what the hell that man just said? No. No. <laughs> but I was paying attention even though I was swigging. I, I, I mean, that, you know what? In case somebody missed it, let me play it again. <laughs> you just want to mess with us, right? No, no, no. I need the black people in Alabama who are watching us. I need the black people in Alabama who think their vote doesn't count this is why you got to vote for Doug Jones. And I got some fool on YouTube saying, Roller, you say vote for Democrats. What's your choice? I got, see, before I play this, let me say this again. There is one party that is hell-bent on suppressing your vote. There is one party that blocked Juneteenth as a national holiday. There's one party that blocked the anti-lynching bill. There's one party. There's one party that is advancing federal judges who don't support civil rights. So, for all y'all stuck on stupid folks <laughs> who are saying, well, I don't get why you saying vote for them, well, please, by all means, Show me, provide me the proof where, where Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell, Tommy Tuberville, Tom Tillis in North Carolina, David Perdue in Georgia, Kelly Leffler in Georgia, Cindy Hyde-Smith in Mississippi. Show me where they are right now voting to advance anything on behalf of black people. Show me the proof where John James in Michigan is try is advancing anything with black people. I'll wait. Show me where Lindsey Graham is advancing anything for black people. To convince me that, that Lindsey Graham would be better for black people in South Carolina than Jamie Harrison. Convince me that Mike Esp that Cindy Hyde Smith, who had no problem in basking in a Confederate flag, will be better than Mike Espy. Show me, show me, please, where David Perdue, who sat there and had insider trading, will be better for us than John Osoff. For all y'all fools running y'all mind. I want one of y'all to bring the facts to the table. And you can't bring that trash-ass platinum plan with you. (laughs) 
Michael Brown, go ahead. Yeah, and I think you call it the aluminum foil plan. You don't even call it call it right. That. It's an aluminum foil plan. <laughs> I, you know what? I, those folks that are texting you and have texted me and we see uh, on similar shows that you know, and certainly they they you know act like they understand kind of politics and what's going on in the world. They're falling for the okie doke, and it's very disappointing to see how they're falling for it because it's so obvious. And one of the more disgusting things, and, and Roland, you went through all the different uh, candidates, and in particular the Republican candidates who are black. That attorney general in Kentucky is a disgrace. And how? And he's clearly following the particular roadmap um, that Tim Scott followed, that now James is following in Michigan, because he wants to be either governor or a senator. And he's like, look, I want, if I have to be in the pocket, of 45 or if I have to commit to being in the pocket of Mitch McConnell, fine. Tell me what I have to say. Give me the money so I can run an effective campaign and I'll be on your side. I'll be on your team. And it's a, it's the typical sellout. And it's very disappointing that so many folks are falling for the okie doke. And I'm talking directly to some of those people that are texting you, Roland. They need, they should be ashamed of themselves. These folks. There are so many people who are really uh, funded by these Republican trolls. I'm thinking about this young man who is running against Maxine Waters, who has about $8 million. I mean, this is a small inner city district. First of all, that, 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 that he, about, he about as dumb as a donut. <laughs> that, that's the kindest thing anybody can say about him, Roland. But, uh, you know, but he has Trump money. He has other money. Ain't nobody going to move Auntie Max. But the point is that they are setting us up. The other thing, you know, when you look at Mike Espy, the Democrats have finally gotten it, but he should have had support all along. Cindy Hyde-Smith said she would go to a public hanging. Did the woman actually say she would attend a lynching in Mississippi, which had the most lynchings? Well, not the most, maybe the second most, the mo- but one of the most lynchings in our nation. I mean, and she now represents a state that's more than 30% black. This is nonsense, and it's the reckoning. Right now, it's the reckoning. These folks can't get away with this nonsense anymore. Um, I, I, I'm just astounded again at the level of stupidity from people who don't know how to put two and two together and realize what's going on. All right, folks, I got to go to a break. We come back and roll about unfiltered. Um, former Labor Secretary Robert Reich, as well as uh, Reverend Dr. William Barber, put together this really great video that lays out how poor people and low-income Americans could very well swing the election if they voted for the interest by just voting. We're going to show you that next to Roland Martin unfiltered. These younger group, you know, of millennials becoming much more politically savvy, much more politically activated and organized. Right. Organization is key. It's like, you know, an ant by itself can't do anything. But ants working together, you know, can do things well beyond their own capacity. And I think the same thing goes for this younger generation to become united and activized on what's happening. 
Hey, Michigan, this is Tracy Ellis Ross, and I have four quick things to tell you. One, you have until October 19th to register to vote. Two, you can vote early in person until November 2nd. Three, if you need a free ride to the polls, use the promo code vote to live mi in your Lyft app. And yes, voting is easy and secure. So please vote and visit votetolive.org for more information and to make a plan to vote today. Paid for by Collective Future.
I made it, I made it. 
Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, and once. Oh, God. Air Force. Nope, Coast Guard. Haiti. When it began in 1868, what annual observance was called Decoration Day? Mayday. No, Memorial Day. Josh. Venice Beach or Venice, Italy, which is situated on a group of 118 different islands. Gonna go with Venice, Italy. You are correct. Megan. Thanks. What company store are you at if you're seeking help at its trademark Genius Bar? The Apple Store. Correct. Queen. What kind of it can be made at home using just oil, egg yolk, and vinegar? Mayonnaise. Correct. Ryan. How many red stripes are on the current U.S. flag? Seven. Correct. Tony. What music producer has received a record 80 lifetime Grammy nominations? Quincy Jones. Correct. Katie, the crackers on your screen are what brand from Nabisco? Rick. Correct. Josh, the competition show World of Dance features regular judges Neo, Derek Huff, and what other superstar? What other Huff? Superstar. Paul Abdul. No, Jennifer Lopez. Megan. What colorful modeling compound for kids was originally created to clean wallpaper? Um, Play-Doh. Correct. Time is up. Out of a possible $75,000, you banked a barely visible with the naked eye $6,000. That money will go through to the next round, but one of you will not. Who should begin their answers by pleading the fifth? Who's about as high achieving as the Canadian dollar? It's time to vote off the weakest link. Megan regains the title of strongest link, going 3-0 on her questions. The weakest link of this round is Tony, who only had one right answer and zero money banked. But will his teammates have noticed? The voting is complete. Let's see who you think is the weakest link. Ryan. Ryan. Josh. Ryan. Josh. Josh. We have a tie. Ryan and Josh each received three votes. Ryan, I'm sure your students will be really impressed that you identified a picture of a hat as a hat. And of course, it was a fez. Why do you want Josh to go home? There was an opportunity there to put over 10 grand in our bank, and Josh blew it. Josh, you missed a question, too. It seems like you were stuck back in the mid-90s when you said Paul Abdul. I made one costly mistake in this round, and he's made one in each round so far. When we have a tie, the strongest link will cast a deciding vote. And in this round, the strongest link once again was Megan. You voted for Josh. Would you like to stick to that vote? Or if you would like to, you can switch it to Ryan. That's a tough one, Jane. Um, you know, I think I'm going to switch my vote to Ryan. Dang it, Megan. I feel like we have a better chance of getting higher up the chain with less mistakes. All right, we'll see. Ryan, our middle school administrator, please report back to the principal's office. With four votes, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Bye, see you on the other side, brother. <laughs> you were great. Good luck, guys. Good luck. I don't think I was the weakest link. I think a lot of us missed a question every round. Bye, Ryan. Sorry. But like everything, I look at this as a teachable moment. Are we going to have these histrionics and tears every time we eliminate someone? Time for round four. 
I'm here offering you Rodeo Drive cash. And you keep banking like it's the 99 cent store. <laughs> so far, you've banked $24,500 out of a possible $150,000. So, still, because I'm a lovely human being, I'm going to offer you $100,000 for this round for running the chain. I'll also take off another 10 seconds. So we're down to two minutes. We'll start with the strongest link from the last round, and that's Megan. Let's play the weakest link. Start the clock. Megan, on what 90s sitcom did high schooler Zach, Screech, and Slater get in hot water with Mr. Belding? Uh, Saved by the Bell. Correct. Queen, I like to call the item on your screen a doctor necklace, but what's it really called? Stethoscope. Correct. Tony, Bank. what V word is a long plastic horn often blown by soccer fans? Thistle. Nope, a vuvuzela. Katie, when asked for their autographs, what Las Vegas act will simply give you a smudge of blue paint? The Blue Bear Group. Correct. Josh, what's the only Guns N' Roses song to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100? Paradise City. Nope, Sweet Child of Mine. Megan. A princess, a jock, a criminal, a brain, and a basket case spend detention together in what 1985 John Hughes film? That would be The Breakfast Club. That would be correct. Queen. Bay. Jerk chicken is a specialty most associated with what island nation? Jamaica! You got it. Tony. The U.S. Army's all-black 9th and 10th Cavalries, formed in 1866, are known by what nickname? Black coat. Nope. The Buffalo Soldiers. Katie. What letter is popularly used to identify the generation that succeeded the millennials? Z. Correct. Josh. This memorial depicted on your screen is located in what U.S. state? Hawaii. Correct. Megan. Thanks. What entertainment profession gets its name from a Latin term meaning speak from the belly? Speak from the belly? Uh, opera. Nope, ventriloquist. Queen, in 2019, what quartet of 70-somethings were the top-grossing live musical act? Time's up. I cannot complete the question. All right, team. Out of a family-sized $100,000, you banked a fun-sized $12,500. That brings your total bank to $37,000. That money will go through to the next round, but one of you will not. Who's trying to cram 10 gigabytes of memory into a two megabyte brain? Who is in no danger of ever being arrested by the thought police? It's time to vote off the weakest link. The queen takes the crown. Her perfect round makes her the strongest link. Tony is once again the weakest link, dropping both of his questions. Who's about to be shown the door? The voting is complete. Queen. Who did you think was the weakest link in this past round? Megan? Do you realize that Megan has banked more than half the money? Yes, I do. Okay, then why did you vote for her? Am I to reveal my strategy here? You don't have to, no. Okay. 
It's kind of obvious, though. You want to get rid of the competition. Tony, I understand you have a queen in your life as well. I do. Tell us about your queen. My queen is Beyonce. Oh. Yes. Okay. She's literally the soundtrack of my life. That's how I feel about Peter Frampton. Oh. It's a great choice. Yeah, thank you. Katie, every game there's some silent, stealthy genius. Doesn't say much, doesn't cause any trouble. Who'd you get rid of? Tony, a lot of the questions that he gets asked, I think he should know the answer, and it's taking too long for him to come up with the wrong answer. Well, I don't know what clock you're using, but it definitely doesn't give me that long to the wrong answer. Mm -hmm. I shoot the wrong answer out quickly. Right, you don't waste any time being wrong. Nope. All right, it's time to reveal who the team thinks is the weakest link. Tony. 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 Megan. Josh. Tony, our club promoter. You just got bounced from our club. With three votes, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye, just to let you know, I banked that last round. That was just rude. There's only one person that's getting free drinks and VIP at the club, and that's Queen, because she didn't vote me off. Ooh, he was not playing. Good luck, y'all. Katie and Josh are like Kelly and Michelle, because we all know who the real superstar is. These contestants are not great with money. But they're competent at math. They've successfully divided eight by two because now they are four. And they will attempt to add $250,000 to their bank when we return to The Weakest Link. Cowboys, Eagles, Sunday Night Football on NBC. I'm Calvin, and there's more to me than HIV. I'm a peer educator, a fitness buff, and a champion for my own health. I talked with my doctor and switched to fewer medicines with Devato. Prescription Devato is for some adults who are starting HIV-1 treatment or replacing their current HIV-1 regimen with just two medicines.